0: Believe you are God and in control Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, A ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible.
1: Let's grow. You can never go wrong letting others go first and esteeming others. Let God give you promotion, and when He gives you promotion, may you handle it. May we handle it with wisdom and humility. Now, in verse 51, it goes on to say this. Now, it came to pass when the time had come for him, that is, Jesus, to be received up, that is, fulfill the gospel message, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this they said lord do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did but he turned and rebuked them and said you do not know what manner of spirit you are for the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives but to save life and they went to another village so we we still have John here with his brother John and James John gets A lot of attention in these two stories right here that are very close together chronologically and certainly in the sequence of Luke's gospel how they're placed. Jesus is on point and Jesus is going to do those things that please the father like I said and he's going forward and he's sending messengers before him and we read that a particular village did not receive him, but that was because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. This is an interesting thing, right? Let's think this through. He sent them before him. A village did not receive him, but his face is set to go toward Jerusalem. He's, he's on a mission, literally, to fulfill the Father's will. And they did not receive him because his face was set to go to Jerusalem. So in other words, it's as if the the opportunity was given to this village and they rejected him. But in the end, God allowed that because it just wasn't part of the plan. Now, we know in the book of Acts that Peter and John go back to Samaritan villages and they preach the gospel and many Samaritans give their lives to the Lord in that area of the West Bank, which, you know, Palestinian Authority territory these days, in that area of the West Bank, that's where this happened. What a volatile piece of real estate to this day in human history. And the Samaritans had that Jewish background, but it was mixed. And John and James saw themselves as most Jews as being superior to the Samaritans. That's why Jesus made the Samaritan the hero in the parable of the good Samaritan, the most unlikely hero. And it it doesn't take much for John and James to want to call down fire from heaven, right? But this got me thinking, it doesn't take much for most of us to want to call down fire from heaven right? I mean, could you imagine if if every American that was raging against another American could call down fire from heaven against each other? We'd all be consumed by fire. If we didn't have laws of the land to restrain the opinions and the hostilities of political worldviews, it'd be a barbecue out there. I mean, be everyone calling down fire? Could you, I mean, could you imagine like in debates and stuff like that? Well, or if like, you know, when you get this hostile thing going on, whether it's a CNN or a Fox, however it is, and people are, could you imagine? It's like, I'm sick of you. I'm calling down fire. Could you imagine? Like be, everyone just be getting torched on TV and on cable, on your internet. You just be like crazy. We are so quick to call down fire. It'd be like the number one watch YouTube videos. The men and women who call down fire on Opposition. There is, to some degree, a humorous side of that because we all understand that's within us. But it's a good thing we cannot call down fire. It's a good thing that judgment belongs to the Lord and not to men and women. That's a good thing. It's a very good thing. And we're to commit ourselves to the Lord when it seems like there's been an injustice. And in this case, there's not even an injustice. John and James and all the apostles need to learn that there's a bigger picture. There's always more at work. When Paul and Barnabas would go out on their first missionary journey, then Paul and Silas on the second missionary journey, there were cities that would reject them. There were places they were attacked publicly. There were places where there was exonerated, and there were places where they were not exonerated. There were places where a a fruitful work established a fruitful church, and then there were places where there is no record of a church really being established beyond that particular journey. And and this is how it works. Like it's like the Old Testament story where Isaac was digging wells, the son of Abraham, around 2000 B.C., and God had promised Abraham all the land. And Isaac is the heir; he's the son of promise. So theoretically, every well from Lebanon to Egypt belongs to him. And but he's the son of promise, and he's a tent dweller. He's a sojourner, as it says in Hebrews 11, dwelling in tents as heirs of the promises, but still you need water. You need water in the Middle East, you need water everywhere. And he dug the first well, he, he, he dug wells, and those who were in the land, who would have nothing to do with the promises, they came and said, no, that's our well, and it was the well of strife. Then he dug another well, and it was the well of quarreling. And it was like, gosh, they hit water, but there's quarreling. But it was the third well, we read of, that became known as the well of spaciousness and that was the place where the great things were going to happen. That's where it says that he began to call on the Lord and the Lord began to prosper prosper him and he prospered and he prospered in the land. See Isaac he didn't have to be the boss. Isaac walked away from a couple conflicts where we might have called on fire. But he trusted that the water was the Lord's and he trusted that God was over those wells. And if God was allowing the herdsmen of these tribes to move him on, he was going to trust in the Lord to bring him to the well of spaciousness. He was going to trust in the Lord to prosper him. He was going to trust in the Lord to make him fruitful and multiply him as the son of promise. He wasn't offered up as a sacrifice to the Lord, symbolic of Christ on the cross for nothing. He learned faith from his father and he too is in the hall of faith. And you don't get in the hall of faith by arguing and bickering over wells when there's plenty more water in the land. You don't get there by calling down fire on people just because they don't want you to be a part of their party and their village and their gig and their followers. Trust in the Lord. That's what Jesus is teaching them. It's not about the village receiving or not receiving. It's about having your face set toward the objectives and the purposes for which God has called you to and staying on target. Everything is allowed by the Lord. There's a plan and purpose in all of it. So you didn't get accepted to this college when you should have. Well, God, closed that door. There's a better plan. Trust in the Lord. So you didn't get the promotion. Well, that's okay. There's a bigger plan. So these people are ripping you off and you're trying to fight them in court. And it seems like you lose every court battle. There's a bigger plan. You might lose every court battle in time, space, and matter. But when you get to eternity, it's just more payoff for you. It's just more rewards on the day of Christ Jesus. Every injustice that you can take and give to the Lord is more fruit for your crown in eternity and that I'm 100% certain of. Thank you Lance. It's true. It's true. It's not about calling down fire on people who don't agree with us or maliciously attack us or maliciously slander us. That just doesn't work. That's not what it's about. Jesus didn't die on the cross and rise from the grave so we can call on fire on people. He died on the cross and rose from the grave in obedience to the Father so that we can be saved by grace and then we can demonstrate grace and that we could learn his heart of compassion and empathy and be forgiving as he is forgiving and as we need to be forgiven. It's never about calling down fire. In fact, if we want to call down fire, well, do we think of the words of Jesus in verse 55, you do not know what spirit you are of. Yeah. It might take an entire lifetime for the Lord to move me or move you or move us from being people who call down fire. And maybe there's less people as we get older that we'd call down fire on, but maybe there's still a few people that you call down fire on. But I'll be honest, I don't want to be an assisted living in my late 80s and the first thing's coming out of my mouth, this is not my dad, so I don't think it's my dad. And the first thing come out of my mouth is who's in government and all the horrible things they're doing, they're still calling down fire. It's like, you're 88, you should be thinking about the kingdom and glory and a glorified body. And if you're worried about who's president or who's the governor, I don't want to tell you. Because that's, that's a fading glory. And it's getting farther away. I don't want fire to be the first thing out of my mouth. And you know, it's interesting when you're in that place, when you're down the stretch of life. Oh, what's in you? You ever notice this about older people? And I speak for myself. They filter less. You ever notice that? Like, you just like, there's, the filter fades. And they just, they just say what they're thinking. And you're like... And the humor of it all is you can have people in the dining hall there at assisted living, and everyone's in the 80s, and no one's filtering anything. And I would laugh, except I know that's probably my future, too. So I want to be merciful about it. In the prime of your youth, Solomon said, Seek the Lord before the days grow old and evil, and you take no pleasure in him. Grow in the Lord and learn to work with those things so you're not the type of woman that calls down fire. Or the type of man. Be the kind of person that brings, as the book of Jeremiah says, the healing balm of Gilead to the dining hall when you're 90 in assisted living. You're the one healing. I still haven't figured out why that guy always says, praise the Lord, just to me. That guy, every time he sees me at my dad's assisted living, he looks at me and says, praise the Lord. I told you the first time I did, I'm like, look behind me, like, you know, like, so random. Like, he looked at me, he's like, you praise the lord i'm like oh he's a prophet he's like, oh. <laughs> says it every time and i say to the lord bless you and keep you and praise the lord too and I, and I always say now for he's worthy to be praised and my dad always says what is that guy steal i'm like yeah he's praising the lord we should all be praising the lord in this place today amen, amen. yeah he's just praising the lord Yeah, I don't want to be calling down fire when I'm 90. I don't want to be calling down fire when I'm 57. I don't want to be calling down grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. Send your Holy Spirit, Lord. Isn't that a much better prayer than send your fire? Now send your Holy Spirit, consuming fire for the flesh, but not for destruction, but for life. The son of man didn't come to destroy men's life. He came to save them. And that's why his face is set steadfastly to Jerusalem. It's not about what we can control and the power we can demonstrate and how we're the final authority. It's about obeying the father, being the least and having the heart of God and how we see humanity. Verse 57, it says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. You go and preach the kingdom of God. Another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Very powerful passage of scripture to say the least. Talk is cheap. That's what I think of when I read this. Jesus is an event. He's an event. There's an event. There's all, there's all kinds of stuff going around Jesus. There's the ministry and he's obeying the father, but there's dog and pony shows Vendors, there's just there's craziness around Jesus. He's an event. We know that. And we know from John and James that they think they're gonna be ruling and reigning in Jerusalem. They think they're going to Jerusalem to establish the kingdom like King David's back. They're thinking he's gonna enter on a white horse and establish the kingdom. That all those promises made a thousand years ago to David for his descendant are gonna happen with Jesus when he goes to Jerusalem. Not on the first coming. He's coming on the, the, the colt of a donkey, the first coming, as the suffering servant, the Lamb of God. When he comes the second coming, Revelation 19, he's on the white conquering horse. And it's king of kings, lord of lords, not king of the Jews in three languages. But at this point in time, we have to grasp for a minute that people really think like he's going to overthrow Rome. Less taxes, more freedom, free property for everybody, right? Yeah, it's my running joke about stuff. I figured something out last year. We're all socialist if we think we're getting ripped off. If we think we're getting less than the person next to us, we're all for socialism because it needs to be equity and fair. But if someone wants to give us more than the person next to us, we're capitalist. Why should I be able to get more than that person? That's how it works. We're all for capitalism if we get more than the person next to us. But if they're going to get more than us, we're socialist because that's not fair. And Jesus is going to establish the kingdom and it's all going to be good. As said in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, if you remember the scene, all free today, free candy for everybody, the child catcher, if you remember the movie, all free today, nothing's ever free. Even the gospel will cost you your life. It's amazing how we always want new governments, as if another government of men is going to be that much different than the previous government of men. And when a new government comes in, we want power in that government. John and James sent their mother to Jesus saying, hey, can I just ask that small favor of you? Okay, what is it? It's not a big deal, but could you make my sons to sit at your right hand and your left hand of your throne? (laughs) Can you basically just make them like Secretary of State and Vice President? Why sure, why not? We'll call down fire together. We'll tell everyone what to do. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but that's how we are. That's in us. And so in this environment, this guy comes along out of nowhere, hey, I wanna be part of the new administration. I'll follow you anywhere. Cause I think you're going to Jerusalem on a white horse and you're gonna wear a crown. And I think I'm pretty good at managing uh, traffic. I'd be great to run the traffic commission in Huntington Beach. By the way, I think I would actually. Um, you ever drive around Huntington thinking like, this light could trigger a little bit quicker and it would go this way, be more efficient. And that's why they have traffic commission, but who has time for it? But we all think stuff like that. We could do this better. So here comes this guy like, hey, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere. And Jesus like, really? Because foxes have a home and birds have a home. You follow me, I'm not guaranteeing you a home. Oh, I thought this was a special housing project situation with the new government. No home? I already have a home. I thought I was going to get an upgrade. Hmm, talk is cheap. Count the cost. Talk is cheap. Then Jesus looks at someone and says, hey, you follow me. Whoa, We didn't see that coming, right? Someone else is following along and Jesus calls you out of the crowd. Hey, you follow me. Me? Like the guy that sits in like me, You're talking to me? Yeah, you follow me. Uh, I gotta go first bury my dad. How old is he? 55. Like if you ask Luke, yeah, Luke's like, hey, my son, he'd be like, hey, your dad's 57. It could be 30 years, who knows? It could be one year, but it's an excuse. You know what? You know what bury my dad means? It means not today. But what does the Bible say? Today is the day of salvation. Today, do not harden your heart. Everything's today with the Lord. We have today. We have a vision for tomorrow and objectives and responsibilities for today. But the Bible warned us time and time again, you who say you're going to do this and that. You ought to just say if the Lord wills, we'll live and we might see that day. That's what we should say. Book of James chapter four. So when this guy says, oh, uh, but, 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 but my father, I get, okay. It's always today's day of salvation. Even today when they're preaching at, at Huntington Beach for the Summerfest or Beachside Summerfest, you, you, you need to, to kind of press, the, you don't know, kind of, you need to press that flashpoint. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist in the 1800s, he gave a gospel, he shared the gospel one night in Chicago, and then he told everyone, go home and think about it and come back tomorrow. Well, that was the night of the Chicago fire. And nothing was the same tomorrow. And he always lamented that that crowd, he let them leave without bringing him to a point of commitment or lack of commitment. And that was the defining moment of his, in his life as an evangelist to press for a decision on the gospel every time he preached as an evangelist, the Chicago fire. It is about today, and we have today. And we wake up, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, for sufficient is the trouble for today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. You seek the kingdom and trust him with the stewardship he's given you. He will take care of tomorrow. You seek the Lord for today. Let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus has supremacy over every relationship in time, space, and matter, because if he's supreme in your life, you're gonna be the better husband. You're gonna be the better wife. You're gonna be the better parents. You're be better adult children. Younger children, wherever Jesus reigns in the heart of an individual, that's the best version of that individual under construction to the benefit of humanity and all society. Anyone who puts a person before the Lord is less than what they're meant to be in the Lord. And that person can become and does become idolatry. It doesn't mean you don't love people. If you love God supremely, he'll give you more love than you can imagine to love the people around you beyond what you're capable of loving them. Because our love is friendship, phileo, brotherly philadelphia eros sexual god's love is agape and that's jesus on the cross and he'll pour that love the love of god's been poured in our hearts by the holy spirit who's freely given to us and he'll give us that love for the people we're called to lead the the upgrade the better adam the better eve is the one that is has christ reigning supremely as the second adam in our lives and he fills us with his love that never runs out and it goes beyond brotherly and friendship and eros. It's sacrificial. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down their life for their friends. And that's what Jesus did. And that's the love he gives us. So you let the dead bury their dead. Jesus is supreme. No man, no pursuit comes before the supremacy of Christ in our life. And another said, verse 61, let me first go do this and bid my... If you have an excuse today, you'll have an excuse tomorrow. Jesus said, you put your hand on the plow and you go forward. Siempre adelante in Spanish, always forward, always forward. The kingdom is always forward. The armor of God is forward. There's nothing for the back. It's always forward. And we put our hand to the plow. We we respond to the gospel. We put our hand to the plow and we commit our ways to the Lord. And we don't look back. Lot's wife looked back. And it cost her, and she's memorabilized in the scriptures to teach us a lesson, not to look back, but to keep forward, our faith set to Jerusalem, our Jerusalem, for what God has for us. And I, and I would just say this, we just need to do it. We just need to be who we're meant to be and be faithful to what he's entrusted to us and do the best we can. Talk is cheap. The end of a matter is better than the discussion of it at the front end. So Proverbs says, the plans of mice and men. Just do it and let it speak for itself. And I've said this quite often in the last six months in a number of interviews because of there's, I won't go into details, but involving in my position as a coach of the US Olympic surf team. And I say time and time again, facts are facts and speculation, speculation. And the end of a matter is better than the beginning of it. So, Let's have the right goals that are reasonable goals of who we are and where we're at. And let's give our best effort to attain those goals. But let's not claim to be something we're not. And let's not claim that we've established something that we haven't. Let's be who we are the best we can be. Let's have our big picture vision. And let's have the objectives and the goals of today to move toward that in the journey. But let's wait till the matter's done. It's okay to say your goal is in life to go for the gold or whatever it might be. But don't talk about the gold as if you want it when you haven't. Talk is cheap. Do the work, do your job, be faithful to what God's entrusted to you. And whatever he chooses to do that the poema, the artwork of your life, let it be that. In the, in the surf industry, as in all the industries that, you, that we work in and go, people talk all the time. And they don't filter it. I had someone say to me about a surf coach last week, they go, yeah, they they, they say too much on Twitter. (laughs) Boy, a lot of company there, right? I'm learning, people don't need to know my opinion. I don't need to talk about things that haven't accomplished. I just need to do what God's called me to do. And, And when it's all over with, then it's over with. I'll leave you with this thought. The Alabama football coach, Nick Saban, said this, why has never done autobiography, because he said, the story's still being written, and there's still things to do, and until I'm done, there's nothing to write. And I thought, if you think that about Alabama football, roll tide roll, how much more should we think about the kingdom of God? Yeah, let God write the story. Just stay in the moment, keep pressing toward the kingdom, forget what's behind, for so I realize had the upper call of God in Christ Jesus, and, and, and don't talk about the great things we're gonna do for God. Just humble ourselves, serve people, and, and seek the Lord and do the best we can and let it play out. We don't need great grand plans on how to revamp things or build kingdoms, but we need our servants with the heart of Jesus Christ whose faces are set toward Jerusalem to obey the Lord as best they can in ways entrusted to them and they trust him with it all. That's what we need to do. Let talkers talk. Let servants serve. And let us be wise to know the distinction because there is one. And... Let God be true and every man a liar. God knows. Let the fruit speak for itself on the day and at the end.
0: Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless.